What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 287. Today, I have Michelle, CEO of Mean Finance, on the podcast today to talk about what they're doing in the DeFi slash DAO slash like treasury space within blockchain. Um, geez, you can see my sunburn too. Uh, Michelle, how you doing, man? Good. Thanks for having us here, uh, Brandon. Absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, geez, I was just out of the uh, city over the weekend. I just realized how red I am. My goodness. So that's a little bit of uh, a little bit of time. Doesn't I mean you you blend better? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit more, I guess. Wrong color though. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. All right. Um, Michelle, um, would love, I'm sure the audience would love to know a bit more about yourself as well. So tell us a bit more about maybe your story and your kind of your background. How did you wind up in this space? I know everyone's got a different, um, you know, path into blockchain and crypto and, um, has different experiences. Would love to kind of hear a bit about yours. Sure thing. Um, I am, uh, um, you know, I, I went to school for computer science um, and I was working back in uh, 2006. Uh, that, that's showing up a little bit my age. Uh, I, was, I was working as a, a lead architect um, and, and CTO for, uh, for a Web2 company, a very boring uh, company. Um, I was very lucky that we had an exit uh, in 2011 and um, I was working in the payment space for all of that time. Um, and uh, in 2011, um, well, early 2010, I, I started to discover uh, Bitcoin. 2011, I kind of jumped into it um, uh, uh, with my first um, 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 crypto uh, startup, uh, doing uh, Bitcoin settled gift cards. Uh, back then, that was a thing. Uh, there was no DeFi to go buy or anything like that. So um, that would probably be like uh what i would call the the genesis of my own journey uh into crypto and <clears throat> since then um um i've uh i did a second uh company in the real estate and crypto uh juncture doing escrow settlement for real estate transactions commercial real estate um uh, transactions more specifically um and then um after being a user of DeFi for like almost three or four years, um, I decided that it was, you know, time I had been like learning a lot about it and, um, and participating in a lot of different protocols, um, from the 2017 to 2020, uh, cycle. And, um, in 2020 it was, uh, it was time to, to jump into, into DeFi with something that was a big pain point for, for us, which was uh, payroll. And, um, I, on most of the companies that I, uh, you know, join or start, um, they have to have a meaningful purpose um, that is driven by needs. And this was the case. So that's how everything uh, got started. Nice, man. How was your experience in the real estate side of blockchain? I know there's a lot of interesting initiatives out there trying to put mm -hmm. uh, real estate and property on blockchain and sell it uh, for NFTs or allow for people to pay with crypto or even put titles on blockchain. Um, yeah. What was your kind of experience like working in that side of things? Yeah, in our case, we're like we didn't have any kind of uh, DeFi protocol that was trying to tokenize uh, necessarily um, 
real estate. Our um, our foray into it had a lot more to do with us being a, a middleman um, that would do the settlement off ramp and on ramp for from customers that wanted to deploy their crypto assets into um, American uh, um, commercial real estate. So um, there's no necessarily like a protocol. Uh, it's, it's very centralized in nature. Um, you would have a, a buyer on one side, usually like an institution or, or, or a company or a small business that wanted to um, diversify some of their assets into uh, American real estate and they had some crypto assets. And they, um, like we acted as the escrow agent moving things in between crypto and, and the traditional financing world. Um, so that was that, that was the, the 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 gist of that business. Nice. Was that like based in Miami or were you in Miami? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Nice, nice man. Um, and now you're kind of in the. Um, you said you were interested in you know kind of payroll and how people could get paid with crypto, um, and now you're kind of in the, like the DeFi side of things, almost building out this like crypto treasury, almost or DAO based treasury. Um, tell me a bit more about what you guys are, you know, building and, you know, kind of how it works. Yep. So um, when uh, when we started the project, like the 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 the, the really starting point of the of, of MinDAO was all based on the very basic need of uh, wanting to do payroll uh, in crypto. So if you think about normally the, 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 the roadmap of any, most companies that today are working, um, natively crypto, many protocols and, and, and things like that, um, they pay out their employees, uh, using some form of fiat, either euros or USD or whatever, you know, local currency, mostly euros and, and, and USD. And those, employees need to then go and take that fiat and put them into some centralized exchange that be Binance, Coinbase, whatever, buy some crypto off ramp or move that crypto off of the exchange into DeFi to then start deploying capital. So that was exactly what was happening with, um, uh, with my team back in um, when we were doing um, you know, when a portion of my team that, that was with me on, uh, on Raildax and the previous company. Um, that's exactly what was happening. And one of the things that we wanted to do was like, how do we like shortcut all of this, you know, very cumbersome uh, um, problems of having to, like if the, if the ultimate goal is to have that stable coin uh, on chain so that you can deploy that capital in whichever way you want to with, uh, um, onto, onto DeFi, why not just like pay you directly um, on there from the corporate standpoint? So we wanted to like basically have a, a payroll system that would pay out um, and that would set up uh, recurring payments on uh, on chain with stables, and that's that. That was the, the the main problem that we were trying to solve. And when we started to look um, on chain for solutions for that, it was either you know very costly uh, because they were on Ethereum, um, and at the time like the gas fees is, is impossible. It's, it's very difficult to tell someone. Hey, um, you know, in order for you to collect your salary, you need to pay fifty dollars. Like that's not a very good value proposition. Um, and and yeah, so for us, um, that that's how everything started, and it kind of evolved into. Um, turns out that uh, creating these contracts for for payroll are um, not only for payroll. Uh, payroll is only but an application to it, and 
they are more of a uh, so payment streaming is basically this primitive that sits like very low in the stack um, that you can build all sorts of um, automations on top of it from anything that has to do with like exchanging time for money, whether it is a subscription or it is payroll or it is um, uh, remittances, like any of those contracts that require you some sort of um, rate that is paid over time uh, can be configured using our payment streaming tech. That's interesting. I know there's so many uh, people now opting to get paid um, in crypto these days, whether it's, you know, athletes or um, actors and actresses or, you know, whatever it may be, just to kind of have that diversification or at least have that option uh, when it's given to them. Do you guys have to be connected to a bank or another platform for them to get it into traditional fiat if you're doing it in stable coins or is this mostly for people that want to just hold crypto? Yeah, so uh, we support both um, stables and non-stables in um, in our in our contracts. So um, uh, for the most part, I, I would say that like a good percentage of our use cases and our customers are um, that they use the payroll portion of it, uh, or they use it for payroll. Uh, they do get paid in stables, uh, that is USDC or USDT uh, for the most part, and then. You have token distributions uh, that are associated more with like the investor profile. So if you have, if, you, if you're a team and you receive investment for um, uh, for your project, um, you need to vest some number of tokens back into your uh, investors. So that's the second most uh, used um, use case. Um, but uh, yeah, you can stream. Pretty much anything you, you you want, any 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 either whether it's a token or a stable, that is um, um, you know you can do that directly in the platform. Now, if you want to off ramp or on ramp, we also offer that on on MinFi on on our front end on, on the application, and you can connect uh, pretty much to any bank. Um, uh, uh, I mean, there's uh, like 28 countries uh, supported right now that you can connect bank accounts to. Um, but uh, that's through a third-party uh, partner, not directly through us, not one of our like core technologies. Who is this designed for in particular? Is it for crypto projects that are trying to distribute out uh, funds or it could be for anybody? Um, good question. So, uh, you know, if this was a product, I would say there would be an answer to that. But because it is um, mostly a protocol, it's very... Um, uh, is very foundational. It, it, it's it's a it's a core primitive. It's that's kind of like asking who is cement um, target customer. Well, you know, if you are a homeowner, you might need cement to build a wall. But if you are a builder, you also need cement. So it's it's a it, it's almost like raw material. What we have with payment streaming, and the idea with that is that so we have essentially two protocols and one application that conforms um, our entire uh, DAO. The two protocols are payment streaming. That is a uh, that is a, a, a foundational primitive uh, of DeFi that is meant to be used as a building block to building products and applications on top of it. The other one is um, super safe, which is a multi-sig uh, treasury management uh, and asset management primitive, which is also meant to be used through uh, other applications. And then we have uh, a, um, a DAP that lives on top of that, of those two primitives that it's called MeanFi. And on MeanFi, it's basically everyday banking. And you can you can use that as a retail. So 
Um, there's a lot of retail workflows that you can do there from uh, DCA to remittances to um, dashboards and analysis and sending uh, money to your, uh, to your friends, uh, splitting bills, doesn't matter to deploying uh, your capital directly into any other uh, DeFi protocol, staking, all sorts of things. And you can use also as a team, you can use that everyday banking um, uh, as a business because you have access to the multi-seed capabilities that the SuperSafe uh, gives you. So um, the main idea behind the protocol is to truly stand by ethos of uh, DeFi. Everything is um, permissionless, self-custody, uh, um, uh, censorship resistant. There is you know, absolutely no centralized infrastructure that uh, we need to support to operate um, uh, those uh, uh, those contracts and 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 the MinFi app um, and uh, yeah so who's the customer everybody welcome uh, in, in many ways who are we targeting might be a different different idea and certainly we're focusing a lot more now in um, in crypto native projects and 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 retail users that are already familiar with crypto trying to onboard more users uh, specifically into the Solana ecosystem. Could you and would you want to productize this a bit more? You guys have a lot of really awesome tools, I feel, at your disposal that when applied to an existing company structure might be really interesting. Have you guys yeah. thought about maybe pushing that route a bit more or do you just want to keep this open and you know for the masses to play with? Yeah, so the, the very good question. The, the main idea here is that there is almost like two parallel timelines and roadmaps that are being executed here. One that is the maintenance of the public utilities um, that are shared common infrastructure um, uh, for anybody, any other project to, to use and leverage. And the use cases are so, you know, going back to the example of cement, right? So, so if, if a cement maker uh, or a plastic manufacturer were to think about all of the uses that plastic uh, can be put, you know, in, into products with, like, it would be virtually impossible for that uh, plastic manufacturer to actually put together the teams that would build those, you know, the perfect water bottle and the perfect, you know, lid maker and the perfect, I don't know, everything is plastic nowadays, right? But, um, uh, but. Instead, if they focus on on bringing uh, other companies and empowering other companies to be able to build uh, products that leverage that raw material, um, so that's one of our of our roadmaps is is really empowering other um, uh, other teams and other DeFi applications or just in general crypto teams that are building products in in crypto to leverage our primitive um, which is the which are those two um, to 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 build whatever they dream of there's many there's so many use cases impossible for us to even uh, to even comprehend what what people will come up with now on the other hand uh, because a lot of these things are very primitive and there is so much churn in the uh, in the DeFi space especially uh, it is very early on and very difficult for some of the teams to uh, project themselves forward and try to think. Oh well, you know, how, how what, like, what is the actual utility of this uh, of this public uh, uh, primitive? Um, and that's where us building a general purpose uh, DeFi banking infrastructure or DeFi banking application product uh, comes in. That's where that's what MeanFi is, is filling that gap today. Um, but uh, we would want to 
keep ourselves as, as agnostic as possible to be able to power other teams to build their own products and make their own business on top of ours. Yeah, I see so many different ways this could potentially interconnect um, or at least allow the expansion or creation of things that are similar in traditional world. For example, like with um, corporations today with LLCs or or what, what it may be if you want to do like distributions that are in line with terms or that just pay out to shareholders or if you're a government entity and you want to do uh, something simpler in the lines of distribution or um, I, yeah. I feel like there's some really cool angles there that, you know, maybe this could be applied to in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. We we are actively, um, you know, in talks and in search with for teams and partners that want to build the next into it, but in a decentralized uh, fashion, or or you know, uh, any kind of accounting software for small and medium businesses. Like those are the kinds of things that we can help power very much. So. And, and those the same way that those teams will need an Amazon sometimes to provide a certain amount of centralized infrastructure, if they want to do DeFi um, uh, 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 workflows, they would need something like payment streaming and they would need something like SuperSafe, which is self-custody asset management for um, small and medium businesses that want to be uh, uh, keeping control of their, of their assets and not giving it to a third-party custodian that you know might suffer from censorship or um, um, you know lack of privacy uh, uh, from prionics so yeah that's that's exactly what what we're trying to to accomplish it's a very long road um, but we're we're very bullish and very excited about the future of uh, payment streaming and and uh, threshold to seek technologies yeah I think accounting like an intuit or QuickBooks is like a good example uh, of like what it can become at some point um, uh, in terms of security, when you have a bunch of money pooled into a DAO or a treasury like this, you know, that always becomes like one of the most paramount and important things that people think about. Um, how do you guys go about doing security audits? Do you do it internally? Do you outsource it to uh, specific groups? Um, what's your process for that? Yeah, um, we have uh, we have both an internal process and an external process for uh, for security audits. Um, uh, every we, we use something called uh, Semver for versioning control, and uh, every uh, every single commit actually uh, we go through automated um, uh, security audits by third party um, software called um, uh, Sec3. Um, so every single commit uh, gets audited. We have bots that are also running on on every single commit that we do to our code. And then in addition to that, um, every major release that we do, we do a full uh, like manual audit. That means like human audit that you know a third party company takes a few weeks, looks at our code, runs through all of our unit tests, uh, performance tests, uh, um, regression tests, integration tests, all of those things, and like. Uh, uh, basically publishes um, security audits. We are currently uh, audited by uh, Certic, which is one of the largest um, uh, auditors in the space, and uh, as well as Soteria Sec3. Got it. You had also mentioned um, multi-sig functionality a little bit ago as well. Um, I've seen a lot of different takes on multi-sig in the space uh, as well, just more broadly within tech. Um, so the approach that you guys are taking, is it for a single person to have multiple options to have access and for sending and, you know, uh, getting access to um, the treasury, for example, or is it for having multiple people 
um, to prevent one person from <laughs> taking funds out and you know having more of a democratized approach. What what's multisig in your eyes? Yeah, so multisig is the um, the idea of uh, moving um, the, the the responsibility from a single party to multiple parties. Um, so if you think about externally owned accounts or basically what you use every day with wallets like uh, uh, MetaMask or Phantom or basically any Web3 wallet, um, those are um, that so there, there is an, an intrinsic trust relationship that you need to establish between you, the human operating that wallet and the wallet maker, the software that is actually building that because that software does have access to your private keys by, by, by way of them being the, the software itself, the wallet itself being the one that creates that, uh, uh, that, that key phrase, right? So that, 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 um, that mnemonic phrase. And, and so any attacks of like wallets become a central point of attack. Um, and, and therefore, like if, if you think about where most attacks come from, they are not technical in nature, meaning that this is not a hacker that sit down and like actually hack into MetaMask. It is usually um, uh, a, a social engineering attack that happens over the individual where they were tricked into believing that they were entering the, the, the mnemonic phrase into MetaMask or into Phantom or into a wallet that looks like the real one, but it was not the real one at the end of the day, or that they uh, you know, enabled their two-factor authentication over email and their email got hacked. So like 99% of the hacks that happen today where loss of funds occur are social engineering attacks. And so it stands to reason that the only way to prevent those is not by adding more technology uh, and adding more complexity like hardware wallets and all sorts of complications to the way that you secure your keys because your keys are pretty secure the way that they are today with the technology that we have. What is not secure is the individual. So the solution that you need to, you know, kind of frame if, if you're if, if you're being social engineered um, out of your funds is that you need to come up with a solution that is that is also a social engineering solution. And that's what multisig is, where you bring other humans into the mix. And now that every time that you need to um, they need to convince another human that they need to do exactly the same thing that that other uh, that that other key holder had is is an order of magnitude more complex for any kind of attacker to uh, to, to pass through. So Multisig is this concept of moving from single responsibility, like single party responsibility on, on a single human to multiple humans that need to coordinate in order to move funds from a you know, wallet that will contain uh, or, or, or contains a certain, um, uh, a certain amount of, of assets that are worthy of an attack. Um, and that, that means, you know, if now you and I need to coordinate in order to move money from our common account, then if you get hacked, that doesn't mean that the account gets hacked. That means that you got hacked and I didn't, right? So like both of those will need to be compromised in order for those funds to be compromised. That's what multi-sig is. Yeah, I, I think a multi-party, multi-sig system is like the best thing that you could get at because it is much harder to compromise another person that is... Um, in the same thought or not in the same thought as the person that's, you know, trying to compromise the system. Um, so yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Really, really cool. Some of the stuff you guys are working on. What, what's next on your guys's roadmap? Um, do you have got some cool updates or things you're planning to release? 
um, over the course of the rest of this year, going into next year, Ego is going to attend some events um, or some conferences. Uh, what should people keep an eye out for? Yeah, um, we so from a, from a product roadmap, we have a lot of uh, things that are happening on, on a weekly basis. Uh, both our um, MeanFi app uh, gets updated quite a bit. Um, we bring new partners. We recently announced a partnership with Brave Browser, uh, where we um, are now uh, uh, supporting Brave, Brave's uh, native wallet uh, as uh, one that you can use to connect to uh, to MeanFi and manage your assets and see your entire portfolio uh, that you have on Brave on your Brave wallet directly on uh, on MeanFi. Um, we're doing things like this um, almost nonstop. Um, on a bi-weekly basis, we do uh, we do releases on on the application, and that will continue to happen. Some of the major milestones that we have ahead of us are uh, we're in the process right now of there's actually like an ongoing proposal and discussion that we have in the DAO to spin off SuperSafe into its own separate product. So we're really excited about that because it's going to give us a lot of like focus to um, to be able to focus on multi-chain uh, threshold multi-sigs for everybody that are not only you know for, for teams and even individuals that want to manage cross-chain assets in a multi-signature way um, and, and bringing support for you know EVM, non-EVMs and uh, uh, UXEO um, uh, chain so um, yeah really really excited about that that's gonna take a good bunch of um, the next uh, two quarters, uh, give or take, just to do that split, um, and um, and and the the rest of the of of the we never plan anything for more than three quarters ahead, um, and our our focus is like doubling down on um, you know keep bringing partner projects to build on top of payment streaming and, and on top of our um, super safe uh, threshold multi sig. Awesome. Where can people find? Uh, you guys online, if they want to learn a bit more and kind of dive into the details. Um, everything is on uh, meanfi.com. Uh, today, you'll find links to pretty much all our products, um, the documentation, um, and uh, um, you know our Twitter, uh, Discord. All of the links are on meanfi.com. That's the best way for you to uh, get straight to us. Awesome. What about you? Can people find you on social media? 100%. I am both on LinkedIn and on uh, Twitter. LinkedIn is Michelle.Triana and Twitter at Michelle.Triana. Yep. Awesome. Guys, go follow Michelle. Make sure to check out Mean Finance and everything that they are doing and working on. Be sure to like the video and subscribe as well if you haven't already. Uh, Michelle, thank you for taking the time to come on today. Very informative, uh, very educational. Learned a lot and very exciting what you guys are working on. Uh, so keep me updated and let's talk again soon. We'll do it. Thank you, Brandon. Peace. All right.